This is your invitation to a masterclass in engineering and design. Your ticket to go from zero to 60 with the Lexus Performance Line. A feeling this dynamic is invite only. Fortunately, you're invited. Experience the exhilaration of the Lexus Performance Line and some of the best offers of the year on select models at the Invitation to Lexus sales event, now through April 1st. Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer. No matter the occasion, whether it's a date or a family holiday outing, daytime ice skating at Cameron Run Regional Park is sure to delight. Just minutes from Old Town Alexandria, skate on the outdoor rink and stay warm with hot chocolate or make s'mores over a fire pit. This unique winter experience is only available for a limited time. Open daily December 18th through 30th and weekends in January and February. Buy tickets today at CameronIceandLights.com. That's CameronIceandLights.com. Shout out to the fam, man. Appreciate y'all for joining us for this episode of The Coma. And like I've been saying for some time now, welcome, welcome, welcome. You're now rocking with the Sports Coma with Big Q and the guys. But we have intense, entertaining, educating, and enlightening sport talk from your favorite sports fam. We up in this thing. Shout out to the mighty Houdat Nation representing the great Saint Thank Tank. We are in this thing. So shout out to the fam as I'm coming back at you. Later on stream, fam, we getting ready to kind of cover some Saints Day uh, news notes. The first earlier stream was a stream talking. We just relinquished the interviews this time around. We got the notes and observations provided by Hendricks of the Saints News Network. Shout out to them for all the great things that they continue to do. So shout out to them. Let's get into it. As the Saints Day notes and operations, news notes and operations, Saints offense had a pretty tough day at the office, but a few young players shine a little bit in this Sunday rendition so let's get right into some of the things that happened for the saints as they started things indoor and standing there a little longer which is good because of all of the crushing heat that's going on so we can understand how that happened so anyway attendance uh you know trey quants excuse me trey quants smith Taysom hill rasheed shaheed demario davis ryan uh excuse me ryan ramchek max garcia and andrus pete were all guys that were uh, listed as uh, not spotted at practice on Sunday. Hill and Ramchek had a vet day, as well as Tyron Matthew. We covered that on the previous stream. Who also was spotted towards the back end, stretching. Brian Breesy, Cesar Ruiz, and Kelvin Throckmorton all returned. Dennis Allen said after practice that Davis' absence was due to the calf injury, which is not serious. So that's good news for us. Shaheen Smith are both dealing with groin issues as well that Dennis Allen has been saying that it is not a I guess he would say it's not a, you know, something that calls for concern. Anyway, two injuries happened during practice with the first being Lucas Crow. He went up for a catch in the end zone and landed awkwardly. He tried to walk it off, but did not end up going outdoors with the team transition outdoors. It was a tailbone situation. The other was Cole Martin, who had an ankle injury and required further evaluation. Allen said both do not feel like they're season ending injuries. So, James Hurst also left practice briefly due to a hand issue, but ended up returning. So that's good news. Starting looks for the Saints. Saints offensive line, Trevor Penning, James Hurst, Eric McCoy, Cesar Ruiz, and Storm Norton. Today, Keith Kirkwood got to work with the first-team offensive line side of Michael Thomas. 
and Chris Olave. The second group had Nick Sell, DeVere, Landon Young, Alex Philstrom, Mark Evans II, and Colton Martin in. On defense, the Saints had another base look with the line of Cam Jordan, Colin Sanders, Nathan Shepard, Carl Granderson, Zach Bowen, Pete Warner, and DeMarco Jackson were at the linebacker positions with Alante Taylor and Marshawn Lattimore at corner. Jordan Howden, once the first team reps at safety, was working with Marcus May this time, and Roby rotated at the nickel position in place of, of, of Bowen later in the game. The second defensive line pairing in rotation was passing your Brian Breesey, Malcolm Roach, Peyton Turner later in team. You started a look of Jordan, Shepard, Roach, and Turner. And then the two-on-two red zone drills went the first time in a long time. They saw the team working out the two versus two in red zone. The concept was tight receivers near the goal line with two defensive backs in coverage. The offense worked on the variety of route combinations, which included picks. And I won't uh, list everyone that ran those. But anyway, here's some of the one-on-one matchups that we always like to talk about here. Michael Thomas, again, you know, uh, you know, he had Bradley Roby against him, Lynn Bowden with Isaac Yidham, touchdown over the middle to Thomas from Carr as he get the best of Bradley Roby. Lynn Bowden Jr. with Lante Taylor on him, Brian Edwards with Paulson Adebo on him, pass breakup by Taylor it was tended for Lynn Bowden Jr. For Der- from Derek Carr. A.T. Perry with Hugo Amadi matched up against him, Chris Olave with Marcus May against him, touchdown left to Olave on the left out from Carr. Michael Thomas against Lattimore. Keith Kirkwood against Bradley Roby. Touchdown to Thomas on a slant from Winston. So he got Marshawn that time. A.T. Perry against Paulson Adebo. James Washington against Lante Taylor. Touchdown left from Winston. All right. Lynn Bowden Jr. against Paulson Adebo. A.T. Perry against Hugo Amadi. Touchdown left out from Carr. Chris Olave against Pride. Quine Baker against Adrian Fry. Touchdown middle in from Winston. Kiki Cote against Alante. Michael Thomas against Paulson Adebo. Touchdown on the post route from Jake Hayner. There were a few instances where things didn't work out to Thomas and he became a little frustrated. However, he bounced back to make good plays. There was a plenty of join between DBs and receivers during the drill regarding the physicality of the corners. That's to be expected. Red zone seven on sevens looked like this. Carr was three of six in the seven on seven. 17 yard completion to Jawan Johnson near the sideline for a short game with Bond in coverage. 14-yard line complete. Kendra Miller on the wheel route for a touchdown working against Pete Werner. One of the highlights of the day. And great thing to see Miller developing in the pass game. He's a natural at it, man. I was looking at some of the footage. He's a natural at it, man. You know, it's shame on TCU that didn't realize that he could do that at the collegiate level. They probably want to want a little bit more if they indoc- if they kind of add that into their philosophy. Anyway, nine, they hit nine-yard line, incomplete right uh, end zone shot to John Trey Kirkland, who just popped up, was defended by Alante Taylor. Six-yard line, complete touchdown, left side to Chris Olave on the out route working against Zach Bowen. Three-yard line, incomplete fade to Jimmy Graham with Alante Taylor there. 17-yard line, incomplete Elvin Kamara up the scene with Zach Bowen in coverage. It was just off his hands. You take a look at Winston's seven on sevens. He was two of five. 15-yard line, he complete curl route to Quine Baker working against DeMarco Jackson. Nine-yard line, incomplete over the middle to Brian Edwards with Jonathan Abram in coverage. Six-yard line, incomplete right uh, curl near the end zone with Quine Baker. Lonnie Johnson Jr. had an excellent coverage to force the incompletion. Four-yard line, incomplete fade route to Lucas Crow working against Isaac Yidham. And he said this was the pass where Crow got hurt on as Yidham had his hand and likely could have been called for contact. Crow never got the chance to brace himself. 18-yard line, complete middle left to Lynn Bowden Jr. working against Nick Anderson. Jake Hayner, 2 of 4. 
Nine yard line incomplete intended for Kirkwood in the right end zone. Five yard line complete sideline right touchdown to Ellis Merriweather. He made an outstanding one hand grab to get the touchdown with Anthony Orgy in coverage. Four yard line complete James Washington in the back of the end zone middle against Anthony Johnson for a touchdown. Like I said, James Washington consistently making plays in training camp. Three yard line incomplete curl route intended for John Trey Kirkland working against Adrian Fry. And you know, we just signed him. The Saints, matter of fact, announced it today that they bring they brought John Trey Kirkland aboard while you know doing with Eno Benjamin, you know, kind of relegating him to the IR. Team drills, team series number one. There were more also rushing attempts and run defense did pretty well. Carr started with inside handoff to Elvin Kamara off to the left side that was stopped by DeMarco Jackson. The next one was Kendra Miller and Zach Bond had a tackle for loss despite being held by Jawan Johnson. The lone pass attempt from quarterback was a completion to Keith Kirkwood for a short gain off a curl route with Jordan Houghton defending. Winston's series started with Jamal Williams running to the left with Brian Breesy making a stop. The next play was a run left against Kamara that was stopped by Ty Summers. The next play went the opposite side with Kendra Miller with Summers and Nephi Sewell there to stop him. The offense found a little more success on the next play on an end around with Kiki Cote for a nice gain. The final play was another run left with Williams that was stopped by Nephi Sewell, who is really making his presence felt at camp. Jake Hayner's series started with a successful outside run to the right by Ellis Merriweather with Nick Anderson and Smoke Monday in pursuit. Kirk Merritt got the next two carries with the first ending up being a tackle for a loss by Jack Heflin, hearing his name, and Prince Amelie. The next went inside and saw him get to the second level, eventually stopped by Anthony Orgy. The fourth play was a run to the left with Adam Prentice providing a nice block for Ellis Merriweather. Kirk Merritt got the final carry right, in which was stopped by Nick Anderson. Now, the team series number two, there was one of the roughest outings for the offense that that he's seen so far. Carr ended up going 0 for 3 and was visibly frustrated following the series. The sequence played out Carr's first pass when Mike went to Mike Thomas on a curl, but Alante, uh, Alante Taylor broke it up. Carr then tried to lobby on a deep post route with tail end coverage. He was overthrown. Peyton Turner also won this rep against Trevor Penning to get the pressure. Here come Peyton Turner again. The next play didn't happen to do too low of a snap, then the rest, the reset car ran right after Nathan Shepard provided the pressure. Carr was then the victim to the coverage sack on the next play, and then there was James Hurst that got hurt. And finally, there was a throwaway on the final rep as Carr got hit low. Jonathan Abram had the pressure. You can't hit the quarterback. If only you have a red shirt on, ain't nobody. You can't be getting – you can't hit the quarterback now. Jameis Winston series started a little better, hitting Michael Thomas near the right sideline, working against Isaac Unum with some yak on the play. He then hit Elvin Kamara on the swing pass to the left, but have to note that Nephi Sewell was there for a would-be pressure and a possible sack. Winston did hit Jawan Johnson on the slant for a nice game over the middle. The lone incompletion was a fade route to the right for A.T. Perry. It was defended well by Yidham. Winston came back to hit a crossing route to Lynn Bowden Jr. to end his series and finish four of five. Hayner had a pretty decent series. Going four for five, he started off by hitting John Trey Kirkland for a short game to the left, then rolled right to complete another short hookup, this time to Kiki Cote. Both plays had Troy Pride in club coverage. Then he operated from the gun two of the next three plays, last one hitting Jawan Johnson on an out route that turned into additional yards up the right sideline. He then found James Washington over the middle, but then ended up the series getting picked off by Smoke Monday. So some of my people asking about Smoke Monday, Smoke got a pick today. And Nico Lalos was providing the pressure. So there you go, a Smoke Monday reference. Team series number three highlights the series was in the red zone, had obstructive views of this. 
four reps for the quarterback each they each got two more to finish things out rather than give you an incomplete charting is the highlight here that Alante Taylor did a nice job in coverage on the fade route with Michael Thomas during the first series with Carr. And also the second pass breakup at the line this time was Malcolm Roach on Jameis Winston pass. Breesy made an excellent play on Jamal Williams' screen that had Mark Evans the second and Nick Sell very in front of it. The pass rush had a couple of good plays during the series as well. Now Jake Hayner saw his first play in a sack after Nico Lalos got there. Kirk Merritt had a touchdown catch left working against Anthony Orgy. Isaiah Foskey also had a nice pressure against Hayner, second last rep after they went to the two-play rotation. Now here goes some of the general notes and observations. Will Lutz ended up making all his field goals. He was 8 of 8 on the day. He saved the team from having to run gassers by nailing a 52-yard field goal to end practice. He's well aware of the three misses in camps, but continued to be very optimistic going into the season. Remember, we played that earlier. Uh, Will Lutz was on the interview. However, he ended up drilling a 62-yard field goal in his kicks to go along with his kicks from 42, 46, 47, and 54. Good working by Will Lutz, and he's 32 of 35 in camp. Not perfect, but damn good. Gather at the Winter Village at Cameron Run and experience the magic of the holidays with ice and lights. Enjoy a fun, unstructured outdoor family experience just a few minutes from Old Town Alexandria. Explore whimsical light displays, snap selfies, and take a spin on the outdoor ice rink. Book your visit early. Calendars fill fast, so make your plans with friends, visitors, guests, or that special someone today. Buy tickets today at CameronIceandLights.com. That's CameronIceandLights.com. Alante Taylor had a really good day today, too. Marshawn Lattimore continues to have a solid camp. The Saints really have a strong group for their corner spot, and it's refreshing. All right, Blake Gillikin handled all the kicks on the day. Uh, he said he missed the, the his missed, missed the first hang time, but the others, as you know, we don't have to go over them. You see them there. Will Lutz is, uh, I mean, uh, Blake Gillikin is a guy who specializes in the corner coffin punting that he does. Uh, excellent hang time to provide coverage people to get down and get in field you get get up on it and make sure they need to field the kick or get where they need to be he's terrific punt returners on the day lynn bowden jr chris olavi ugo amadi and kiki colty along with elvin kamara the team also worked out kickoffs today returners included lynn bowden jr kiki colty and alante taylor kick return team consisted of isaac yidam zach bowen jonathan abram jt gray demarco jackson Jawan johnson james washington adam prentice ryan connelly and Ty Summers. The kickoff team had Anthony Orgy, Nick Anderson, Zach Bowen, Smoke Monday, Ugo Yamadi, Ellis Merriweather, Nephi Sewell, Keith Kirkwood, Adrian Fry with Will Lutz kicking. So, of course, our attention, when you talk about the, the special teams, especially going to the side of the kick return units as opposed to the kickoff units, the kickoff units usually do a pretty good job here. They have. The problem with the Saints is the kick return people when we returning kicks when we're returning punts this unit has to if this is going to be the unit and they're working with this unit this unit has to step up and they got to do a hell of a lot better than what we've did over the last several years because we have not done a even close to decent job of getting our kick return and punt returners in position where they can flip fields where they can provide ability to get up the field so they can have a punt or a kickoff return for a touchdown, which is something that we haven't seen in, in a couple of years now. So usually you, if you're doing a good job of blocking for your kick return and punt return teams, you're supposed to at least have one or two of those a year. You're not supposed to go two and three or four years without having a punt return or a kick return for a touchdown. That's ridiculous. 
you're supposed to at least have at least one or two of those, at least one or two of those a year, right? And we have not done that. So the kick return team has to improve. And once again, that's Yidham, Bowen, Jonathan Abrams, JT Gray, DeMarco Jackson, Jawan Johnson, James Washington, Adam Prentice, Ryan Connolly, and Ty Summers, if those are the guys. So anyway, newly acquired wide receiver John Trey Kirkley was wearing number 85 for the team. And Storm Norton got some work with the guards indoors and Nick Saldaveri worked with the tackle group during the same drill period. So to see Nick Saldaveri, who plays guard and tackle for you and the Saints using them there, trying to provide a little versatility to have guys to move if they need them because injuries is a part of this thing. So shout out to John Hendricks on the scoop for day number two, two news notes and observations, right? All right. So anyway, good news on the injury front in terms of that. We got to see what's going on with Lucas Crawl landing awkwardly. That's a whole nother thing to, to kind of look out for as well. But we'll get the as camp comes into Monday, we'll get more information on all the rest of the things that's going on. And if the Saints intend on making a move to bring a running back in or what have you, being that we lost, uh, you know, Benjamin for the year with the ruptures at Kinley's. We know Elvin Kamara will be out the first three games of the season. So if the Saints cool, because Ellis Merriweather is getting a lot of reps. He looks good in camp. So do the Saints feel good with keeping their Ellis Merriweather there? Do they add somebody from outside? Do they go and get Leonard Fanetta or another free agent running back just to bring them in uh, to have depth at the position? Or do they feel good about what they have with Jamal Williams, Kendra Miller, and then, of course, you have Taysom Hill you can move in there. You got uh, Kirk Merritt who you can you move in there. So do they feel good about that? Only time will tell. All right. So let's move on now, fam, to our final little piece here. And we're going to play this right here. This is coming from Speak from um, uh, Fox. I think it's they're from. And they're talking about the Saints finished 7 and 10 last season, third in division, adding Derek Carr, Elton Kamara suspended. Let's get there a little. Let's get what they had to say as we react to what these guys are saying about our New Orleans Saints. Here we go. Derek Carr is in his first season with the team and Michael Thomas is returning from injury. But reports say Alvin Kamara will be suspended for the first three games of the season for his role in a fight in 2022. So, Shady, are the Saints trending up or down? I'm going to say trending up. I think Derek Carr is a hell of a player. He's he's in that, that top tier of, of the quarterbacks in the NFC. Um, and they're in the, the weaker division. I think they can easily win that division, them or the Bucs. So I like it. I like him trending up. James? Absolutely. I'm going up as well. You talk about a really good defense. They just locked up Cam Jordan. Yes, they did. Yes, uh, yes they did. So Alvin Kamara, big part of the offense, but you're going to get a healthy Michael Thomas. You got Chris Olave, right? You signed Jamal Williams, who be in there, be able to fill in for Alvin Kamara. I think this is trending up. I think the Saints is going to be a really good football team. Jordan, you got to share the scoop. I'm watching. There's something coming. I, <laughs> Jordan, over here. Got, man, I got no Jordan right got here. coming it's up. Not, not quite ready. Uh, okay, all right, all right. Maybe in the next 10 minutes. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. Right. If it is, then right you got to let us know. You know what I'm saying? So, New Orleans, to me, is really interesting because they just extended Cam Jordan. They have Derek Carr. Uh, Chris Olave is terrific. Yep. Michael Thomas is the key for me in that whole operation because he's been unhealthy the last couple years. He's a phenomenal player. He's been really good early in camp. And with the NFC South as it is, mm-hmm. I feel like there's an opportunity for them to win 10-plus games. Go. Yeah. And and they arguably have – well, I guess it's inarguably have the best quarterback yeah. in that division, right? I mean, I love Bryce Young. We haven't seen it yet. I agree. I agree. So I would say that New Orleans is, is probably one of the more interesting teams – but there's a lot of unknown, and it really comes to me down to down to Derek Carr, Michael Thomas. All right, the Seahawks. All right, so let's pause it right there and talk about it. What's interesting is, uh, you know, they're saying it's shady, and uh, and the brother wide receiver Jones right there speaking about the Saints, and yeah, and he's saying Michael Thomas is the key, you know, and reality is, 
It is because Michael Thomas, to a degree, it is. But you look around what the Saints have done. They've done a wonderful job of spreading out, you know, the uh, the I guess the overall level or the weight of the team throughout all of the fantastic players the Saints have. You know, you're looking at some of these guys and listen, they all do different things and they're all very good at what they do. When you talk about Michael Thomas in the position he plays, the possession wide receiver, very difficult to guard the guy because he's a perfectionist. He's a guy that focuses on uh, making the catch, blocking, uh, getting into his route. He's difficult. You will have problems if you don't at least double team him. And by the way, the Saints offense is built. You will have difficulty doing that because if you double one guy, another guy is going to really hurt you. And Chris Olave is another guy on the other side that you have to watch out for. The guy in the slot, Rashid Shahid. Uh, Other people like Elvin Kamara, Kendra Miller, these type of players that you have here, Jamal Williams, these type of players you have here work well in space. And the Saints system now with the wide receivers stretching them all out, it creates space under space underneath for the running backs to operate. So if you have thumper backs like we have, that's not only thumper backs, but they're agile and they are very quick, not Elvin Kamara quick, but they have their own special gear. It'll be interesting to see just how well teams get ready for the Saints uh, as we get into the season because they're a handful. They're not a one-dimensional team. They can beat you throwing or passing. Then the, the the real perspective and the mentality, which we have to figure out early on, and we said the brass is, what kind of team is this? Or is, is it a running team? What's the identity of the New Orleans Saints, the new 2023 New Orleans Saints uh, team? What kind of identity? Because once you get comfortable with the identity of whoever you are, are you a running team? Are you a passing team? Are you a balanced team that do equal equal things very well? And I say the Saints potentially could be that but really if you look at it i think that they could be a good running team that works well to open up for the pass and having that ability to do both while you can't double down on their people while you can't say okay we're gonna guard chris olavi and let michael thomas beat us or we're gonna guard michael thomas and let's let chris olavi beat us or we're gonna have to remember that Derek carr can he could push the ball down the field he will get a you know more comfortable with his wide receivers, he will get the ball down the field, which would back the safeties up, creates room underneath, creates room everywhere. And that'll give the Saints an ability to run the football and not to mention the tight ends. They have several types of tight ends that will be problematic for people. We're not even talking about those. Jawan Johnson is the league's best, best kept secret. He's going to step up and do wonderful things. Foster Monroe is always steady. He can block and catch the ball. He'll hurt you. Jimmy Graham is here. And of course, we talked about Taysom Hill as well. So the Saints have weapons all over the place. So if you got tight ends here, there, wide receivers here, there, running backs here, there, the Saints are littered and loaded and ready for the NFC. And they mentioned the NFC South as we now granted a lot of people are going to say that. And I I can't be too mad at them saying that the NFC South is they consider it as a weak conference or a division. Me personally, I would I would say that the team that really is going to struggle is the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I think the Atlanta Falcons and Carolina Panthers will be looking to make steps. They'll be looking to make steps in uh, New Orleans uh, East, which is what I call the Atlanta Falcons. They've gotten a lot of former Saint personnel there, uh, administrators, coaches, and players. So they're trending in a direction where they're spending a lot of money to improve certain areas 
of their team. So when they get ready to go into the season, it'll be a lot more personable battle because a lot of the people who were on the New Orleans Saints team is now on the Atlanta Falcons team, and they have personal axes to grind up against the Saints. So that only fortifies and magnifies the tension between said teams. And, of course, we won't see the Falcons until way down the back end of the schedule and then finally toward the end of the season. That's how they had it designed. But in the end, but anyway, Carolina, we'll get them early after. In the first three weeks of the season, we'll get to see them. We'll see a young quarterback there. And I think they're trending. This is a future team. I think they'll be a good team in the future. I, I, I'm saying they're trending. They're all, both these teams are trending in the right direction. Tampa Bay is a team next year that's looking to land that first-round draft pick in Caleb Williams. He'll be in the NFC South, and then the Saints will be going up against him too. So, you know, it, it just don't stop. So in the NFC South – will show people that it is still a power conference uh, going forward. So every conference eventually has an issue where it has to step back and uh, make moves. So eventually we'll see how it all looks. But, yeah, the Saints are trending in the league in the league big time here as well. So with that being said, I'm going to get ready to get out on that. Listen, what you guys put in the chat, let me know what you guys think about what these guys are saying. Let me know how you feel about some of the news notes and observations that we covered on today's stream. Let me know, let me know, let me know. Please feel free to hit the like button, hit the subscribe button, hit the share button. Remember, Sharon is Karen here on the Sports Coma. Uh, and help us out, man, if you can, man, by becoming a member of the channel. Also hit the subscribe and share buttons and feel free to join our Patreon as well. With that being said, hey, I'm going to holler at y'all on the next one. Much love. And we- Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.